Tired of feeling misunderstood, frustrated, and emotionally disconnected when communicating with other people? This is Conversations That Work with Anita Sandoval, where you can learn how to maintain healthy conversations with the people who matter most. A podcast where you can gain confidence and get tips for having challenging day-to-day conversations that make you feel understood, validated, and heard. Here is your host, a licensed professional counselor specializing in communication skills, strategies, and techniques, Anita Sandoval. Let's start the conversation. To today's episode number two. I am Anita Sandoval. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss strategies on what to do when fear gets in the way of a conversation. I am going to help you become aware on the positive and negative effects when you allow fear to stop you from having that much needed conversation. And lastly, I am going to offer you a step by step technique on how to conquer that fear and effectively communicate anything you want, which will make you feel confident and asking yourself on why you didn't do this any sooner. So stick around because all of this is for you. Conversations at Work with Anita Sandoval, making challenging conversations easy. So I'm very excited about this episode because today is my very first interview with a very special guest. I've known this person for over 20 years. Before we get started and dive in into the interview, I do want to go ahead and give you some tips and strategies about today's topic, fear. Man, sometimes fear is the biggest obstacle we have in our mind. So one of the common things that people ask themselves or question themselves before they get into this conversation and how they block themselves is when they tell themselves, will they believe me? Do they think I am over-exaggerating? Will they think I'm being dramatic? Or sometimes they tend to minimize and they say, well, really, it isn't that big of a deal, but deep down in your gut, you know it is. So the first strategy, and this is just how we can set up so we can talk to someone and how we can combat that emotion of fear of getting in the way of that conversation that you really want to have. I hope you have something to write down, but if you don't, that's okay. Note, I will attach in the link the strategies that I'm giving you here right now. So you can go ahead and listen and then you can just download it later. So number one, this is a four-step process, and this is just how you can be able to talk with someone when you're feeling scared. The first thing you need to do is write it on paper. Sometimes we have so many things going on in our head, and then we get distracted as well, so that way we can focus. We just write everything. I like to call it like a brain dump. Give yourself five, 10 minutes and write everything you want to say. So now that you wrote everything down, go step back, take a drink of water, 
about 10 minutes, come back to it, and you want to scratch off anything that is negative. When I say negative, I mean anything that's judgmental, anything that is criticizing, any put-downs, any bad words. Remember, the key here is to be respectful. Yes, you want to share your thoughts and opinion, but you want to do it in a way that you at least know you have some integrity, that you voiced your opinion in a respectful manner. So number two, you want to be able to read this to a friend, share your thoughts. You want a friend that is willing to bounce those thoughts back to you. And role play. I love this. And I do this all the time, even with my kids. We go ahead and role play what you want to say. I always use the phrase, okay, can you repeat that back to me? Just to make sure that we understand each other. That's another way of saying, let's role play what I said to you, what you said to me. Let's pretend that I'm you, you, you are me. So you want to role play the conversation with your friend about this person you want to talk to about. You want to role play the best and the worst scenario. More than likely, it's going to be somewhere in between. And think of someone who is good at getting their point across, someone that you look up to. And you want to go ahead and send them an email or talk to them in person or a text message and let them know, hey, I have something that I want to say to someone. Can I share this with you? Can I share these thoughts with you? Can I role play this with you? Can you help me out? That has helped me out a lot. I I do that myself. After you've done that, step number three, you want to set a date and time to talk. Just because it's convenient for you to talk at this very moment does not mean it's convenient for the other person. So one of the things I like to do, especially with my husband, I always like to say, hey, do you have time to talk? Or when is it a good time to talk? I really want to talk to you about ABC or I just want to talk to you about something. So make sure that both of you have the right time and date so that you know there will be no distractions. You may even want some ground rules such as, let's make sure the phones are off. Oh, the phones, such a distraction. Facebook, Instagram, social media, you want to make sure that all phones are off or silent for that time being, just to be respectful with the other person. Step number four, when you talk to them. Again, no judgment, no criticizing, no putting down, no name calling. State what you're feeling. State what your thoughts are. State your opinion. You might have difference of opinion, and that is okay. The goal here is to be heard and understood and know that even though you do have different points of views, your opinion of who you are and what you want is what matters most. And lastly, once you set your date and time to talk, you want to go ahead and talk to them. I always recommend carrying a notebook. Carry what your thoughts are, what your feelings are, maybe some possible solutions with whatever conversations you want to have. That way you have a little bit more confidence that you have a plan, a solution, a goal. Sign up for up-to-date information and resources at conversationsatwork.org.
today in my podcast, I'm actually inviting my first guest, an old colleague of mine, and I'll let him introduce himself for you guys. This is a great idea. I much needed. So my name is Dr. Luterio Blanco. I am a full-time uh, clinical faculty at UTRGV, which is uh, University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, deep in South Texas. I am a uh, faculty in our addiction studies degree. I'm actually the addiction studies coordinator. I'm also clinically, I'm a master addiction counselor and an LCDC, which allows me to practice in Texas as a addiction counselor. I've been doing this for about 20 years. And uh, so this, this is fun. I'm glad to talk about uh, fear. Fear is one of the topics that Initially, this was one of my first um, research interests. So little by little, I weave in studies, exploratory things about fear um, as part of my research basis. I'm also involved in our state association, which is the Texas Association of Addiction Counseling. I'm sorry, Addiction Professionals. And um, our podcast is titled Tap Talk. If you all want to go find it, you can go find it. Talk about things related to this profession. If you are interested in becoming an alcohol or drug counselor, uh, that might be something down the line. But uh, And I'm also on Twitter at BlancoPhD, if you want to find me on there. Love it, love it, love it. And today's topic um, is when fear gets in the way of a conversation. And this is something that I like to pick because here in the Rio Grande Valley with, we have like multiple cultures, Mexican, American. And I know with the females, we're pretty much taught to be nice and to be pleasant and to not say anything, don't ruffle any feathers. And so sometimes they want to say something and the fear just gets in the way. So I always think about this quote, I'm going to quote a uh, sentence from my favorite author, Speaking about fear, it's Stephen King, oh. and it's from uh, the body, which is which was turned into Stand by Me, mm-hmm. but it's not what you think. So uh, one of the first lines in that story is um, goes the most important things are the hardest to say. It's a very simple line, and but I like it because I mean it's true, and it, it kind of goes on to talk about the story. But the most important things are the hardest to say. So powerful. Uh, Yeah. It's a a very simple sentence, but it stayed with me because it's true. And it's kind of what I see or kind of the way I think about it. The most important things for somebody to speak about is the hardest thing to say, Um, usually because of fear, but we can interchange the word fear with shame Okay. because it's usually about shame. Usually somebody will feel ashamed about something. And that's usually the, the barrier that keeps them from speaking up or talking about something. So some of the characteristics that people might have before beginning a conversation is either shame, uh, uncomfortableness. They're not comfortable with, with themselves and they don't feel comfortable with how they feel about it or what they would want. So like insecurities, big time insecurities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Insecurity, shame, um, those seem to be like the main characteristics that come out, not necessarily stating that the person is very shameful all the time. But th- again, going back to be initiated in a conversation, a person might feel ashamed about bringing it up. Got it. So, for example, like like something you mentioned, like asking for help is a big thing. All right. OK. And in my profession, you know, recovery and substance use treatment, it's 
asking for help is a big part of a person's recovery. And a lot of people don't ask for help or don't want to even suggest asking for help because they feel shame. Uh, people that don't have really no shame as other characteristics in, in, during their life. But when it comes to asking for help, they become very timid. They, um, they feel very ashamed. They feel like uh, very uncomfortable asking for help because for whatever reason, maybe not fault of their own, they never learned how to do so. Which brings me to my next question. It kind of goes with it. So I love that you brought that up with the whole emotions of shame and, and uncomfortability. What are some things that, people who are afraid of having that conversations tell themselves that might affect them. Like the whole asking for help thing. Well, what do you think they would tell themselves that might affect them in having that conversation? So one thing that we understand, uh, Anita is, you know, as counselors, we've studied, for example, one of my heroes is Albert Ellis, you know, uh, who just, who developed REBT, style, which is, you know, rational emotive behavioral therapy. A lot of it is focusing on these irrational thought patterns that we all have. And, and one of the questions I got to ask him is I was always curious about where do these thought patterns come from? Where do these irrational beliefs come from? Uh, I'll give you like an example, like um, if it's somebody who needs to ask for help, but doesn't have that ability, you know, they automatically begin to think to themselves, like, well, I don't deserve help or, I'm not a good enough person that somebody would want to help me, um, things like that. And, and according to Dr. Ellis, he, there's no, there, there's really no cause for that. It's just something that's innate in all of us as humans. We all have that, um, that, that capability of having these irrational thoughts. They just come from us. It's just part of being a person. I've heard that a lot in people that they tell themselves, well, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough. So why even ask for help per se? We're using, you know, that one. So, wow, that is very powerful. And how do you think if they keep these, this programming of I'm not good enough or I'm not deserving, how do you think Mm -hmm. it might affect them if they keep with that programming? Yeah. So the, the main thing is that they'll continue to perpetuate this belief about themselves. You know, because whatever this irrational belief is, if it's not challenged, and it's kind of where we might get to later on, you got to challenge that irrational belief. Because if it's not challenged, then you keep thinking, I don't deserve help, or this is just the way things are, things are not going to get better and such, then it's going to just perpetuate that belief in the person. And of course, we're very strong believers in what we want to believe. And that's just going to continue throughout our lifetime. And we have this, like you mentioned, from or an early age growing up, but then eventually some of us challenge those beliefs, you know, as some of us challenge and say, you know, why can't I have a good life? Why can't I have a successful life? And, and a lot of people do because they challenge those irrational beliefs and those statements that they tell themselves and, and they're able to succeed and, and live a well-adjusted life. But um, it's a very difficult thing for people to do because you have to challenge those thoughts on your own, either learn how to do it yourselves or get trained by somebody like us, like counselors, um, and it's a, you know, it's something that is very counterintuitive to what, a, you know, a person usually does in their life. You don't usually stop yourself and think, okay, how can I challenge this thought? It's just something that we don't do. So I guess it's just becoming aware that if you continue that 
mm-hmm. programming or belief of I'm not good enough or I don't deserve it. Basically, you're just going to continue that cycle of, of negativity and it just will down spiral mm-hmm. or then just basically challenge it and do something else. Yeah. But usually it's one or the other. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. You won't, you won't grow. You won't succeed. You won't, you won't adjust in life. And what are your thoughts about speaking out about values and opinions, even though you're scared? So this ties in back to what we kind of talked about at the beginning, that shame people, because I get very, we're very social uh, and our social, uh, I, I mean, I would call it hierarchy, but that's just kind of the term that we use, but our social status is very important to us because we're people that that's very important. You can be the miss, the, the most missed anthropic person and say, you don't care what other people think, but that's not true. Again, this is something that's innate in us. Um, we do that. We do really care about what other people think about us. We do really care about our status among our friends, our family and people that we, that we respect and people that we admire. So that status is something that's very important to us. Would this be like the image, like people want to like have other people see them as? Yeah. And you're held to a certain status. So if, um, you know, um, just within a group of people, just within small groups, friends, family, whatever, whatever your status is as a, you know, let's say, quote, a nice person, a good person, a, oh. a smart person, an intellectual person, part of that identity, you want to maintain that, you know, just to maintain the status quo. Which goes back to the, where I was telling, I was mentioning how with females here in the culture, it's like women have to be nice. They have to be complacent. They have to be agreeable and always happy-go-lucky. And so they would have to maintain that mm-hmm. and therefore they can't speak up. Yeah. You're speaking about the culture in general. Now, if you spend time, um, let's say with other women or other peers who you respect, but have a different mentality have you know are very much um you know supportive of you um whatever career wise intellectually relationship wise and stuff you will want to be part of that status you will want to get that respect so it really has a lot to do with the peers and the people you surround yourself with you know um but like you said if it's a group of people who are very traditional and have traditional thoughts about what you should do and stuff, then that's what you're going to want to appease. So, so anyway, so that's important to us. Our status is important amongst the people that we're with. And that's why a lot of times people don't speak up if there's something said or being done that contradicts their values because they're scared of being ashamed of being embarrassed about that. What have you seen that might happen, for example, in the long run? Um, gosh, um, I can't really tell or speak about like long-term effects. I mean, it's just emotional, um, not a lot of emotional growth, even like regression, emotion, you know, emotional disorders, depression, that kind of thing could happen because a person's not, we strive according to, you know, and I'm a humanist, uh, humanist, uh, psychologist, you know, we strive to grow for growth and we strive to, um, to be better than we are and, and, and to grow as individuals. And if you're not able to express yourself, we have this fear, uh, all that's going to be turned into some, you know, either anxiety, depression, uh, something that can really severely affect your emotional and psychological growth and well-being. 
Okay. So like basically if they don't speak about their values, their opinions, and they let fear get in the way, they tend to lose a self, like a sense of identity, that image of who they are inside because yeah. they're trying to maintain that, that nice person or that identity that others want for them. Right. Yeah. So it's like a balance. It, it is. Yeah. It's a difficult balance because at the same time, again, I always believe that you're growing, you're developing psychologically, emotionally. Um, and if you do anything, or if there's any barriers to that, it's just going to lead to detrimental effects. I'm not going to say like immediate, like, you know, depression, suicidal ideation or substance use or anything, but it could be a risk factor for all that kind of stuff. Okay. So it's just a risk factor for anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. and symptoms such as, you know, crying and withdrawing from people, yeah. maybe just not communicating at all yeah. and just going with the flow. Yeah. Poor mental health. In other words, the biggest part is challenging. Whatever irrational belief comes to the forefront, you know, think about it. I, I, let's say you want, well, and it's different than confrontation. We're not, we're not, I don't think we're talking about confrontation necessarily, like confronting somebody. It's just speaking up or having a conversation about something that's important. I'm going back to that original quote by Stephen King. The most mm -hmm. important things are the hardest things to say. If it's something important to you yeah, and you want to say it, um, I'm not going to say it's just about conf confronting another person or a partner or something like that. It's just something that's important to you. Confront, like uh, uh, speaking up about, a, you know, at work to your boss or, or to anybody. Always challenge that first irrational thought, whatever it might be. I don't know. It could be something like, oh, if I say, if I speak up, I'm perceived as this type of person for speaking up. And and as soon as that thought comes to your mind, that's fine. Acknowledge it, but then challenge it and challenge it this way. Tell yourself, well, what, what evidence do I have? Like what really would make me like that? So if you, want to speak up and and you think well people might think i'm just being disrespectful like immediately stop yourself mm -hmm. and, and think to yourself well will people really would that make me a disrespectful person if i say this you know and and i also always tell this to my kids as well whenever oh this morning she was she was painting a rock my my daughter and she was like mom what do you think of this rock how do you think it looks and i tell her mm -hmm. well what do you think and she's like well i think it's beautiful mm -hmm. well that's all that matters and so when when you say challenge that thought uh, you know what evidence does this make and maybe it's also like well you know whose opinion matters? Is it their opinion or is it my opinion? What do I think within it, you mm -hmm. know, that is positive, you know, is, is this negative thought really me? Yeah. Does it define yeah. me? Yeah. 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 That's it. And it just, and it just keep challenging it over and over again. Now there are ways to speak up. I mean, I'm just going to use like a very superficial example. Like let's say something related to work and it's something about work that you don't, you're not comfortable with, or you don't like, and you, let's say you, you want to speak up about it, but you, you know, you, you've got that fear. You don't want to bring up the conversation. You think, well, if I, if I bring it up, they're going to think all these terrible things about wow. me. There is, I mean, there are ways that you can actually say, be disrespectful when you bring it up, you know, and you're familiar with I statements. You're familiar with approaches where it's like, you know, you're really voicing your opinion. You're really voicing your value there. If you do it in that manner, mm -hmm. like, are people really going to think you're a disrespectful person? Or an ungrateful person. That's another thing. You know, people might think that you, you might have that belief that by speaking up, 
people might think you're ungrateful. It's like, no, people will respect that. People will respect you speaking up. I love it. So basically state your opinions and values. That Mm -hmm. is not disrespectful. Now, if you name call, put down, judge, criticize, that's not stating your values. That is already putting down. Now that is disrespectful. But as long as you're stating your opinions of who you are, what you want, then that is just showing them who you are inside. And that is being respectful. Right. Yeah, it is. I love it. Yeah. And like the first thing you could you could begin with is you know I'm not comfortable with this and and I'm not comfortable with so and so. It doesn't mean that you completely disagree with it. it. Doesn't mean that you're not you know a team worker or a team player or anything. It's just or or not willing to. But you're just, you're just letting it known, voicing your your value that you're not comfortable with this. Let me ask you something. Can someone have a difference of opinion and values, disagree, and still be respectful? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we do all the time. I mean, I can speak about my environment as faculty. There's a lot of things that with myself and other faculty, of course, like we work in higher education, but there are things that a lot of us do not agree with or agree on, but we hold each other with, you know, a lot of respect and, and there are things that we have to work on, you know? Great. Now, any yeah. final thoughts that you would like to share with, with our people, our audience out here? God, I mean, there's a lot. I, I mean, I could talk for another 30 <laughs> minutes about fear. I'll just say this, you know, everything that you feel fearful about, it comes, it comes just natural. It comes from being a human. Is it okay to have fear? It's okay to have fear. We should have fear. You know, we should, we, that fear is one of our primal emotions. It's not going to go away. It's, it's, it's important for us. And it served a purpose in the past. Um, God, really quick, like fear of, I don't know, well, what are you scared of? Spiders, snakes, anything like that? Oh, of course. All of the above. <laughs> it did serve a purpose back then at, at a certain time. And it's something that we still carry with us. So fear is something that we still carry. And then if we like go really Freudian with it, it's something that maybe we used to adapt and cope with when we were younger. And, and that fear helped us at that time. But it's something that, again, for personal growth, for psychological growth and well-being, it's something we should challenge now as adults. We got to challenge these fears. But don't feel guilty about having them. You know, don't feel guilty about not being able to talk to a partner or a loved one. I Um, love this. It's like so many golden nuggets you're giving me here. Mm -hmm. And so basically here to sum everything up, what I've learned so much here is it's normal to have fear and state your opinions and values. It's okay. It's it's still being respectful. It's okay Mm -hmm. to disagree and challenge those negative thoughts. Yeah. Challenge them to the extreme. The extreme, like, if it gets to where, like, you can't find a way to challenge something, like, like you know, just think about it. Well, if you, I'm going to use that example about speaking up, right? Just something you're uncomfortable with at work. Like, go to the extreme. Okay. Like, the worst possible scenario. The worst possible scenario. Yeah, exactly. That's it. The worst possible thing. And start from there. Okay. I love it. And then tell me the quote again, because I just want sure. people to hear this quote so they can it's, write it down. So if you have a pen or pencil, guys, write this go down. Go Get Different Seasons by Stephen King. It's in the body. Because the most important things are the hardest to say. Wow. I hope you heard that, guys. This is just so many powerful things. And 
Dr. Blanco, I want to thank you so much for being our first guest here at Conversations at Work and so much insight. Thank you for sharing this knowledge with us. And I can't wait to hear from you again, hopefully in the future. It, it will be because at some point I'm going to put it on now. I would like for you to be on my podcast at some point in the future. We'll, we'll, we'll get that. We'll get you on there. I would love to. Oh my God. I love it. It's been an honor being here. Thank you so much. I hope I've helped anybody with this. Connect with Anita on Facebook, facebook.com slash conversations at work. What an amazing interview. I just loved it. I can't say that enough. I do want to thank you all for listening to this. I really hope you got some awesome more strategies from Dr. Blanco and other thoughts that I did want to share about speaking up your opinion and being too scared. There's a lot of movements, the Me Too, the LGBT communities, the hate crimes that are coming up, the women's movement. Even back in the early 1900s, women would speak up so that they could have the right to vote. And even if you believe that you weren't being listened to, someone will. So keep speaking up. As much as, as fear may want to get in the way, courage. Courage is what will help you. Because being courageous or being brave doesn't mean there's no fear in there. People who would speak out might have been scared, but they still went forward. And that's what bravery is. So continue to speak your mind and your thoughts and your opinions so that they could see who you are. And like I always like to say, so you could shine bright like a diamond because we are all unique. Now, I will leave you with this quote. Communication is the key to human connection. Let's continue our conversation on our next podcast where we will learn how to have a conversation with someone who gets easily distracted. Until then, be well and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Conversations at Work with Anita Sandoval. Know someone who needs help in having healthy conversations? Share this episode and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Until our next conversation.